Our epistle lesson is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Be glad in the Lord always. Again I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things, whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us. The God of peace will be with you. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. We have finished up our sermon series on Job. We spent the past four weeks looking at the book of Job. And I want to, before we get into Advent, I want to take a few weeks, we're going to take four weeks, and talk about stewardship. Stewardship is, we, we tend to equate stewardship with just giving money. And that certainly is an important part, and that's something we're going to talk about in a few weeks. But that's not the only way that we give stewardship. Stewardship is about how we organize our time and how we, what we give to God of all of us. When you join a United Methodist congregation, you are asked to support that congregation with four things. Your prayers, your presence, your service, and your gifts. And so what we're going to do is take the next four weeks and spend a week on each one of those. They are, you, you can look at them as practices or as habits. They are things that we are supposed to do regularly. They are things which I think for all of us, in one way or another, may have fallen off in the last year and a half because it's been hard. We haven't always been together to be present in worship. We haven't always, you know, for some folks, jobs have been cut, hours have been cut, money's gotten tight. So, you know, the giving has gone down for some folks. So there's, there's ways that we can talk about all of these different things in a stewardship context. Because everything that we have, everything we have, everything that we are, comes from God. Basically everything, you know, our, our bodies, our, our whole selves, it, it's all a loaner pro program. We, we get to borrow it for the, the time that we're here. And when we're done with it, it goes back to God. Uh, you will notice that you don't see U-Hauls in a cemetery. Okay, you can't take it with you, so it matters how you live your life now. So this morning, I want to start with prayer. That's where the commitments start in, in the, the membership vows. I want to, so I want to start here with prayer. Prayer is not just an individual practice. You know, we, we tend to think of prayer as what we do by ourselves when we're alone. You know, it, it's just between us and God. And certainly there is a dimension of prayer that is just between, it's conversation between us and God. But in the context of the church, prayer means a whole lot more than that. You know, we pray some prayers together in church. We pray 
the Lord's Prayer altogether. Y'all have an opening prayer that Sharon leads you in, that we pray all together. And we pray all together because it does something to our hearts when we pray together. It builds community when we pray together. So why, why pray at all? Why, why should we, you know, we're, we're all busy people. Everybody's got stuff to do, places to go, people to see. Why should we pray? Reason number one, Jesus said so. Jesus prayed. Jesus went off, he prayed by himself. He would go off and, and disappear. He, he leaves the action of the Gospels, if you, if you read carefully. You'll see him go off by himself to pray. The most famous of those times he went off by himself to pray was when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was betrayed. And he prayed alone by himself, off by himself, but he asked Peter, James, and John to stay in the garden and keep watch and pray with him. He asked his buddies, his friends, to lift him up in prayer as he was facing the greatest trial of his life. And they failed miserably. They fell asleep. Which happens sometimes. I, I, I struggle with when to do devotional time. Because I am not a morning person by nature. I'm just not. I, I've tried to make myself a morning person. It, not enough coffee in the world. But if I pray, if I wait too late at night to pray, I conk out. So you have to find a time to pray that works for you. I find if I go sit down and get do my quiet time about an hour before I want to cut the lights off, that works. I'm still with it enough to stay awake and pay attention to my prayers, but uh, things have calmed down, settled down enough at the house where I'm not busy thinking about 30 other things that need to be done while I'm sitting there trying to pray. And Jesus also, Jesus prayed himself, but he also taught the disciples how to pray. Remember, the disciples come to Jesus because John the Baptist has taught his disciples how to pray. And they say, Jesus, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And what we have today is the Lord's Prayer. It's been formatted a little bit for, I think, clarity's sake. If you read it in the Bible, you're going to look at it and say, well, that's not right. But what's been done is that for liturgical use, it's been tweaked a little bit so that you have a prayer that is more complete and makes more sense. But nothing substantial has been changed. You can look at it yourself. It's in Matthew and in Luke if you want to check it out later. So we pray because Jesus taught, Jesus set an example for prayer, and Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We also pray because, as Paul says in, to the Philippians, it can be an awfully good way to relieve anxiety. Uh, I've heard it said that you can either worry or you can pray. You can't do both at the same time. That's probably pretty true, although I try hard sometimes. <laughs> I am a born worrier. And so I, I try hard sometimes to worry and pray at the same time. But it, you've you, you got to kind of pick which side of the fence am I going to be on. Do I really think God's going to handle this or do I not? And if you really think God's going to handle it, regardless of what form that takes, I'm not saying I'm going to get my way. I'm just saying God's got it. Sometimes the answer to our prayers is no. 
and not yet. So I'm not saying that God's going to give me what I want, but I'm saying if I have faith that God has it under control, that God's going to take care of it, that it's in God's hands, then I can let go. I can let the worry go. And that's what I find helpful about praying at night, is that all of the worries that build up during the day, I can let them go. I can give them to God and say, okay, I may, I may or may not, you know, God knows, I may or may not take this back up tomorrow morning, but for now, it's yours. I'm giving it to God. I'm letting God have it. God can watch it during the night, and hopefully I won't pick it back up the next morning. So it relieves um, anxiety. It brings peace. And the wonderful thing that we see is that we can bring our whole selves to God in prayer. We don't have to say, well, gee, you know, my heart's not really right. I can't. I'm mad at God. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I can't go to God in prayer. That's not true. God wants all of you. God already knows you're hurt and angry and upset. So why not fess up to God and tell him what's going on? Joy, gratitude, anxiety, anger, sadness, all of those are appropriate to carry to God in prayer. Look at the, go back and check your psalm book out. Look at the psalms. And you will see every human emotion under the sun somewhere in the book of psalms. And God's big enough to take them all. So we can be honest with God. So how do we pray? Well, there, there's lots of ways we can pray. And we have, I've already talked a little bit about the fact that we have rote prayers. Um, some of the ones are things that we learned as children. Now I lay me down to sleep. Or uh, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for this food. Um, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that we've learned by rote that we can say without looking at anything. For some folks, the 23rd Psalm. Some people will pray that as a way of, of being calm, trusting in God to take care of you. Uh, we've been learning in our Sunday night study about a wide variety of ways to pray. We've done prayers with pictures. We've done prayers looking at nature. We've done prayers moving our bodies. And one of those, the really basic ones that we've done, excuse me, is called breath prayer. And breath prayer is just real simple. You get a, you, you come up with a, a phrase. Usually it's a favorite name of God and what you're looking for. I tend to stay stressed and anxious, so for me, the one my go-to is Jesus, peace. And I breathe in on Jesus and breathe out on peace. And then do it again. Breathe in on Jesus, breathe out on peace. And you can do that with any phrase. I mean, if, if, that, if Jesus, peace is not your thing, you, know, you can do um, God, love, or God is love, or you know, anything you can come up with. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's just a real easy way to pray. And very can be very calming. Another thing you can do is to pray the scriptures. Find a passage of scripture and ask God, what, what would you have to say to me? What is this all about? You can just have conversation with God. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You can talk to God like you would your best friend. One caution, though, is don't forget to take time to listen. 
you know, the same way that if, if y'all have ever had a friend who comes, gets together with you, and all they do is run their mouths. They just, they talk and talk and talk and dominate the conversation. You can't get a word in edgewise. I have a daughter who's like that. And she gets real frustrated when she meets somebody who can talk faster than she can. <laughs> so, but if you've got one of those friends, if they talk, 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 you feel like, you know, why am I listening to this? Because I can't even get a word in edgewise to tell you. I may have something really important to tell you, and I can't get a word in edgewise to be able to tell you. It's frustrating. And I think sometimes God may get that way with us a little bit when we talk, 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 talk in our prayers, and we never take time to listen. Sometimes you got to be quiet and just sit in God's presence. Remember that when Elijah was seeking God's presence, God said, I'm going to appear to you. Elijah stood in a cave, and there was an earthquake. There was a sound of a violent wind. And God wasn't in either one of those. God was in a very still, small voice. So if we want to listen to God, we've got to get quiet. Not all the time, but once in a while it, it helps if we, if we listen for what God's saying to us. Instead of just talking ourselves. So how do you support the church with your prayers? You have a prayer list on the back of your bulletin. Start there. Pray for those folks. Uh, if you get tired of using the prayer list in the bulletin, um, there are church directories, church rosters, that you can go through and pray for everybody in the congregation. Uh, your preacher loves to have folks praying for her. Um, that is always a help and much appreciated. Pray for the denomination. We're going through difficult times. There's all kinds of ways you can support the, the church with your prayers. The, the particular way you decide to do it isn't that important. What's important is that you do it. And you do it regularly. So what's in it for me? It's the perennial human question, so I decided to include it in the sermon. What's, you know, if I pray, what's, what's in it for me? A closer relationship with God, for one. Peace in your heart, for another, Paul says. And a closer relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There was a monastic back in ancient times called Dorotheos. And those of you who've been to Bible study, you've heard the story, but bear with me a minute. Dorotheos envisioned God and humans as being in a relationship like a wheel. God's in the center of the wheel, and then think of the people being on spokes like a bicycle wheel. As you move, if you move closer to the center, you have to move closer to each other. The spokes get closer together. If you move away from your neighbor, you get mad at your neighbor, you get more distant from your neighbor, you've actually gone and gotten more distant from God, too. So it's a, it's a useful metaphor that we can't, you cannot hate your neighbor and love God. Okay, it's just not, you can't do it. You cannot hate your neighbor and love God. But if we love God, it'll make us, it'll help us to love our neighbor even better. Even if we don't necessarily like our neighbor, this, is, this has got nothing to do with like and dislike. If we draw close to God, we draw close to others. If we get distant from others, we get distant from God. 
So I urge you this week to commit to sharpening your stewardship by engaging in the habit of prayer this week. And I'm going to give you a commitment each of these four weeks of how you can, you can sharpen your, your stewardship skills. So this week I encourage you to, to sharpen your stewardship by engaging in the habit of prayer. Amen.